You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Owen Westberg. Owen, thanks so much for being with me. Thank you, Brainerd. Um, yep, I'm glad to talk to you. So, Owen, let's talk about your show. It's at um, Moral Gitlin on Grand Street. It's uh, it's running through August 11th, and um, yeah, let's let's talk about it. It's a it's a beautiful show. It's a show of paintings, and um, I mean to begin with, let's just just jump into what is happening here in terms of process, right? This is called the show is called Lake, um, and these are paintings that are on. Aluminum, is that the surface? Is that how they're made? Um, birch panels? Uh, some of them are aluminum on aluminum flashing, which uh, was a, they're, they're standardly sized at five by seven. I actually le- learned about that through Lois Dodd, um, that uh, surface. And then the, then the larger... Some some of the larger ones are birch panel, and then uh, one of one or two of them are on aluminum dye bond, which uh, I was just experimenting with because just a, a larger surface uh, aluminum surface. Um, so let's, yeah, let's talk about that because 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 the birch too that's a very kind of non-absorbent surface, right? That's a those are right. super flat surfaces. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I like the sort of resistance of of that surface, like pushing kind of so the brush kind of swirls instead of have like it doesn't have any kind of uh you know, pushback. Like it or I mean it it doesn't give at all the surface. It 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 has no pushback. Um I like that for a number of reasons. But uh yeah, the the show is my friend wrote the press release, Anna Glance, and we had been talking about the, the writer, uh, Robert Valser, um, and how much I always enjoyed his, his writing and how, in some ways, it affects my, probably it has affected my kind of choice and subject and subject matter sometimes or... Uh, you know, not completely, but it was a good jumping-off point for for the uh, for the press release. So let's talk about that and how um, Robert Walser's you know life or work relates to this to the show uh, Lake. Um, you know, he was 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 Robert Walser an, a naturalist, or or what, what was the what's the connection there, and, and a writer. What is the connection um, with his 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 work? I I suppose I well I like that he always kind of stepped a little bit outside of the circles he was in. I mean he 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 jumped around in various circles, including like expressionist circles in Berlin, late German impressionism. His brother was an artist, his older brother, so he spent time within these different cultural epochs, but that also always remains somewhat free or he tried to remain free in the form format of writing that he took. He never tried to create uh, write like a, a massive build his, build his Roman novel or anything 
especially long. Um, and I suppose I'm attracted to these kind of like attempts at things that seem like they could lead to something, but then, you know, it's sort of jumping around a little bit, like going with, going with what you're, what you're interested in, which for me usually takes the form of, uh, you know, sort of formal things and, and occasionally ideas. Um, but, uh, yeah. So. And are those, are those ideas a way of also looking at the world? I mean, you're talking about going between mediums and approaches. Um, but is it often yeah. in, in, in analog? Cause you're looking at things, right? These, these paintings are about things that you're, you're, you're looking at in the world. Um, right? you know, it's a, it's a mix of things. Uh, it's actually some of, some of them are of paintings I had made before. Some of them are of, of, or kind of, uh, of older prints or, you know, paintings that I've looked at in books or directly from life set up still lives or directly painted plain air. A lot of, some of it's developed from watercolors that I've made outside or uh, actually just completely made up, invented, and then kind of worked on an idea. Um, so there's, there's a bit of a mix of things going on. And I suppose that's what I mean when it's, when I say that there's, you know, I have an interest in like metaphysics, Italian metaphysical painting like De Carico and Mirandi, and then I have a lot of interest in kind of the tradition of Lois Dodd and Fairfield Porter and Albert York and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, there's a mixture of many kind of fluid, fluid ideas. I try to keep it like that because it, it, I feel more satisfied about making paintings in that way personally well let's let's talk about that that kind of just making paintings because yeah that's that's a kind of a fluid way to work moving um you know now now i understand that context to moving between ways of, of seeing and, and, and working so in terms of painting you know I, I i see a lot of painting in new york it feels like um something's happening with painting or painting is having a moment Certainly, you know, like like conceptual art isn't what I'm seeing everywhere, or text-based art, or whatever. I'm seeing painting. How do you see that? How do you see your work in the context of what's going on out there? Because you're you're talking also about like like different styles and 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 people that 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 are kind of able to move between styles and do whatever they want, which is uh, which is different than a lot of the art world used to work, which is being very consistent and having like a, a kind of signature to work and, and evolving mm. that signature. You're, you're doing something else. Yeah. Right? And, and, so, and so, and so is that, I'm just, just to talk about like painting in general, I don't know what other friends you see that are painting or what other painters, but are you seeing more of that in in the world or, or what is the context of the, uh, I mean, painting? I in? mean, my friend, my friend, my friend Anna Glantz, who had written a press release, I think is a good example of, of that sort of chameleon-like, much more even than I am, uh, uh, sort of ability to jump between things. I think I think really just shows that there's such a an absolute 
ocean of depth within where you can, you know, get things from as as a painter if if you want to, you know, if if you're if you're, I mean, and of course, I think it's it's interesting to go off on sort of tangents like where things become, you know, more, de- you know, specific and you really pursue something and, and then, you know, I don't, I don't actually have anything. I, I'm not opposed to that at all, but, but I do like the idea of kind of going down one path and then maybe thinking, you know, well, I can jump back to this other thing that I was kind of thinking about. And there's not, it doesn't have to be like, uh, like a con- that doesn't have to be a break, a breaking point within the practice necessarily. I, I like the flexibility of that. I think painting can be flexible because it, it can c- contain so much, I would say, like as a practice is. So maybe that's why it, it's just it has a it has a flexibility to it that a lot of people are exploring more and it because it's there's been an allowance in the I don't know in galleries to for that sort of work or something so now it's become kind of opening a big door for people uh, to jump into but. Well, in one sense, it it seems like a more sort of sensual move, right? Idea-based work, Mm -hmm. which is what was coming out of universities for at least the last decade, right? It wasn't Mm -hmm. going to art school. It wasn't about learning how to paint or draw. It was learning about how to bring ideas to to fruition, right? How to manifest ideas or what you're working on. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I grew up. Yeah. You grew up. No, sorry. Go on. Oh, well, I mean, within the context of going to RISD in Rhode Island School of Design, within between 2004 and 2008, I certainly was exposed to both of those things. I, I, I happened to have some teachers that were more, um, you know, where they really were teaching oil painting and I embraced that. And then, but I also learned, you know, the history of conceptual art and et cetera. And I would say the mixture of those two things is, is an important thing to know if you're, you know, making work now. Uh, but I, I see what you're saying also. You know. Yeah. I mean, your work in, in, in particular, when I look at like the brush strokes in this and even that you're working on these kind of super smooth surfaces, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the paint itself, the movement of the paint, I mean, it's almost, I know this is sort of a little bit of an empty phrase, but it's kind of like painter's paintings, you know. These are really, yeah. um, they kind of um, look almost edible, you know. There's something very, very... Um, yeah, they have like a clay, well. clay-like or something quality to them, I think. Or maybe that's what I think. But no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I I won't I I can't I don't disagree that the uh, I do give in certainly to the the sensuality of paint for for sure um, I and kind of like the kind of typical types of painterly painting I I don't uh, I don't really shy away from it although I don't really 
you know, there's a kind of balance between an almost naivete and, and virtuosic painting that I, I try to stay in the middle of to an extent. I don't go try to go too far in one direction or the other, but uh, if that makes any sense. That does make sense. Well, that's a little bit um, kind of in between. You mean it kind of not looking like it's um, uh, like this is so technique based, but also not looking like this is um, about de-skilling because it's not that either, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yep. That um, I mean, but 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 that's an interesting in between place because that's not that's also not. Um, naive or or anything like that. It's very conscious what you're doing, but it's um, but it's uh, you're saying a specific not reaching for that kind of uh, technical perfection. Yeah, I I I think the openness to it kind of sometimes faltering in like the in its attempt at describing things is like something I I I enjoy it more than I you know, try to fight it. I, I don't try to fight it. Um, I try to kind of let it start playing out, like, as it will, you know, as as, as it's working, as I'm working on it. And usually I'm more interested in those, the paintings I make that have that sort of quality to them, um, where things almost stop, like, the objects become interchangeable with the background occasionally or things take on volume that don't have as much volume as they they would uh, if you were looking at them in reality like right yeah and those and the size of these these are these are all small works like i said earlier these are five by seven or or some smaller i think um they're all five by seven Oh, and, all and, and the smallest are yeah. by seven, yeah. yeah. And why is that? I, I know you said like the flashing comes in. That's like a, a standard size five by seven, the kind of construction flashing. But yeah. um, but 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 why else? I mean, that also seems to be kind of a nod almost to like nineteenth century painting. Um, but maybe it's something else. There's also something intimate and personal about that size. I mean, as opposed to um, something much larger. Yeah, uh, the largest painting in the show is a tw- is twelve by twenty four, which still isn't particularly big. I I would say that yeah, the a lot of it has to do with trying to get the kind of one to one brush stroke to object or space ratio, like kind of feeling in in line, you know. So like. Every every brushstroke almost takes on like a a calligraphic a calligraphic quality um, that can't be kind of misplaced or something. Or if it is misplaced, it's part of it. Uh, if that makes sense. Like that that it's like writing or something. Uh, the 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 scale of of an object to the scale of the brushstroke, um, which could be done you know, can be done on a slightly larger surface, but it is about, you know, intimacy and almost like notation to an extent. So I'd say that's part of why the scale is the way it is. 
Well, that's that's so interesting because I mean that scale also, as you're talking about it, it's um, and in writing, it is almost the size of a page of a book. I mean, it's it's that scale, right. it's that intimate as and, and like you're saying, the brush strokes uh, have an almost calligraphic quality at that size. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas five by six feet, of course, it's it's that's all that's all gone in a sense, right? The that type right. of mark or, or 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 that type of even even reading is um, is is then gone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is that's a big part of it. And actually, I've talked to uh, friends about this that, and it, it did make sense. There's someone, uh, actually Dana Locke, who I think you interviewed about this up. She said that uh, that some of the some of the work is reminiscent of like asemic writing. So you know what you would see is in like a uh, depiction of like how writing looks on like a comic book strip, like where someone's looking at a page of a book, but there's no actual language. It's just like line, you know, meant to appear as though there's language within a within a drawing or an illustration. Um, I th- I think about that sometimes too. It's like what is what's the the most kind of simplistic the simplified mark making possible to create like a, a quality of like a pattern or, or something like that within, within a space. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. It's, um, it's a beautiful show. Oh, and, um, and, uh, there's links here. So the listeners can of course go check it out and, and learn more. I, I want to ask you one more question before we go a little off topic, sure. but I'm always curious what you're reading or, or, or looking at. Um, I was, I'm just rereading, uh, uh, the short novel, or I guess it's more of a short story called Michael Kohlhaas by Heinrich von Kleist, who's, who's actually, uh, the subject of the Walter, uh, short story that's in, in the show. I just wanted to reread it because I liked it so much. It's, um, uh, Kleist and Soon is the is the Walter piece that that the show is partly citing, and then uh, this is called Michael Kohlhaas. It's about apparently Franz Kafka was able to like recite parts of it, but it's a pretty interesting short story uh, about a horse dealer who gets wronged in like the 16, early 16th century, and he he goes from being like a respectable individual to essentially like a, a brigand that that starts pillaging and loses his mind basically because of a uh, a deal gone wrong. Uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty good, entertaining book. Thank you. Yeah, that that sounds fascinating. Oh, and I want to thank you for talking to me today and also putting together this show. Uh, beautiful work. Thank you for your time and work. Thank you very much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.